So after having given Hashem's help over 90 shiurim and counting in Kailal over the past two and a half years, I've been considering for a while uh, the idea of perhaps recording additional material, not as a proper formal shir in front of the audience, in front of the Chavri Akayo, but perhaps more as supplementary material, optional material, not necessarily as formal and cohesive a shir, but perhaps to go through some anyanim relating to the simanim as we learn them in Kailal. So let's see how this goes. Let's start with Simon Tazayan, which according to schedule, the, the Sidri Alimit and Kailal is what we should be learning this week, Pashas Mishpatim. So Avanazar Simon Tazayan is Isir Goyo Veshifcha. This is a Simon that has probably uh, unusual, an unusually high amount of censorship in the text as it appears in the standard Shulchan Aruch. I myself am using a Shulchan Aruch Hashale, Madoris Friedman. I believe the, uh, the edition is uh, from Rosh Hanchel, And uh, the text here has been corrected and fixed and brought in line with what the original text was supposed to say. But I would imagine it shouldn't be that hard to follow along from any Shulchan Aruch, but just keep that in mind. Sif Aleph, Yisrael sheboal goya derech ishus, o Yisraelis shenivala legoi, and there's a Psahagah here, So there's this question of what does apply to? Which scenario are you being over in So Shulchan Aruch phrases it that it's Yisrael who was with a Goya in a manner of Ishus, or vice versa for Yisraelis, Yisrael Shinibal and this injected Darach Ishus there as well. That's the classic loisus chatenbaum the Torah is talking about. However, there are other scenarios in which a yid might be cohabiting with a goy. So the Shulchan Aruch continues and says, "Aval habal agoya derech znus b'mikra chayav alav midrabanon mishum goya u'mishum zayna." But if it's more of a chance encounter derech znus as opposed to derech ishos as a long-term thing. It's just Derech Znos, then it's just not Lysis Chatan Midirais, it's just Midirabanan, and specifically Midirabanan, it's Goya and Zaina, these are categories of Isra Midirabanan that one would be over on. Because otherwise, just Midirabanan could be, there's a loophole, quote-unquote, of the Bola Goya Derech Znos, so Midirabanan, Goya and Zaina. And uh, if continues, but I want to discuss this last passage as it's uh, elaborated in the Beis Shmuel, the Bar If you look at the Bar Hetev, it was essentially quoting from the Beis Shmuel. When the Shulchan Aruch said, Chayev Alamid Rabbanon, Mishum Goya, Mishum Zayna, so there's the following addition. The Im Yeshlo Baal, what if this woman was married? We did not address what her state was, what her marital state was. All right, obviously some Goyas are in a, what we would consider a normal marital relationship, and some are not. So you say, you're imagining, likely, someone who's not in a marriage. So what if this person is in a marriage? Obviously, the word znus is used in different ways, can be referred to someone who is uh, betraying their marriage, but the derech znus, as was used here, was uh, more uh, an indication of the chance nature of the encounter. So what's the story what effect, if any, would the husband of this Goya being in the picture have? So, Rahetev 
taken from the Beishmol, says, Yesh Labal Ika Iser De Eiraisa. Then there actually is another Iser De Eiraisa that could be a factor here. Now, what Iser De Eiraisa is that? Hainu Asei Bedavak Beishtoi. So this is all the way in the beginning of Bereshis, when it talks about Adam, it says Vedavak Beishtoi, that's Humans, humans are meant to be monogamous, or at least they're supposed to be uh, a wife is supposed to have one husband, and the husband is supposed to cleave to his wife. The dovak be ishtay, so there's that nature of marriage that's seemingly, according to the Torah, uh, built into how humanity is supposed to conduct itself. And we are saying that that's not just a statement and observation; it's uh, an insurdereisa. You're being over. And on the Dovak seemingly not just uh, she was violating that, but by him injecting himself and violating that marriage that those two people have, so he was over on the Vedavak Beishtai here. What's the source for this? So the source is a Tesis and Kedushin of Kafal from See also Tesis and Sanhedrin, Dafnun Beis, Omid Beis. So I really want to advance him here to the Pischet Shiva, but let's pause for a second and actually take a look at those Teisvus in Kedushin and in Sanhedrin and the Gemaras that they are based on. So if you look in the Gemara in Kedushin, the Chafal of Mabez, it says, talking about the HSC Fastayar, Tanar Rabbanon, Vareisa Bashivya, so it's Bashas Shivya, has to talk be in that context, HS, Vafilo HS Ish, and when you see the HSC Fastayar, you're not limited to the Gaish women that were single, that were unmarried. You, can, you may even take a woman who was married to a guy, a woman who was married to a guy, she's also, she could also be an Asha Sifastai or Asha Safilo Asha Zish. And the Tanur Rabbana continues, Yifastaiar, like Dupita Taira, Ela Kanegadi Yetzir Hara, etc. So, Taisvis, Shtelzach on this, Asha Safilo Asha Zish, right? So the more is, uh, the Tanur Rabbana is quetching something here, it's saying, uh, even Asha Zish. So, what's the Havamin and what's the Maskan? What, what, what are we trying to say? So Teisvis, the Afopi, the Ein Ishus, the text I'm looking at says Bekusis, obviously that's a censored text. Kid the Issa in Peregdal misses in Hedrin. So we know, and we'll get to that Gemara in a second, that there is no Ishus. Gemara says, Talmud states clearly that we don't recognize the marriage of non Jews. It doesn't really have any legal ramifications. It might as well not exist. Not, so. So what's Pshat? Hs Afilo Hs Ish, which is implying that there was a reason to differentiate. And now the Torah is saying, even though you would think you should differentiate and say maybe not Hs Ish, come to Torah, come to Afilo Hs What's what's the what's the back and forth here? Zaktaisus Mikomakim Ika Ase. There is an Ase Dixiv Vidovak Beishtoi Beloy Beishas Chaveri. So the way Taisus phrases it is Vidovak Beishtoi is referring to you. Uh, as a yid or as a human being, you have to be with your wife. So that's how you're being by being with someone else and not with one's own wife. So Taisus here is saying that there is this assay, there's an assay of and that's why when you would see you would think not because of the drasha of tells you that overrides. The Vedavak Beishtai, but not the Ishus. There was no Ishus to begin with. If you look in, uh, so the Taisus here as well is referencing the more in Sanhedrin. So let's look in Sanhedrin, Afna Bezim Adbez. Tanur Abanan. So this is the Pasuk Isha Shayinaf is Ishus Ish. 
So Tana Rabbanan says, Ish prat la cotton. Ashi yinavas eishas ish prat la eishas cotton. Eishas re ehu prat la eishas acherim. So when are you a noyef when it's eishas re ehu? Which we're saying essentially is your fellow yid. Ashi enkin eishas acherim who's not re ehu. So that's uh, the isha of a guy. That would not count as yinav eishas ish because she's not eishas re ehu. So the Taisvis prat la eishas acherim so vahainu a guy. Again, I have a censored text, but uh, referring to a guy, the Kamash Malon, the Ein Ishos Lagoyim, that here's where we learn that the Ishos of Goyim has no significance. If there was significance, then it should also be an Ishos Ish. You're telling me that you're not over an Ishos Ish, so this is where we're learning, this is where we're establishing this Yusoid, that the Goyim don't have Ishos. Then Tosis continues and says, So we're saying the whole union of Ashiyinaf, Mesumas, Suchanak, as the Tanrabana continues. Not Megayer, but Isura Mia Ika. But it's still an Isra, but the Itzrich Lemishri Fast Tayar. We have to combine the two Gemaras. Here the Gemara says, So why over there are we saying, And the fact that the Gemara had to be marred by Philo Ish, that's where we see that there's another Isra. Doesn't spell it out here, doesn't say the Vidog Mishti, it says, Isura mi eka, the Itzir of Mishri, if I was tired, the Dashinim Perekamit, the Kedushin, Eishas, Afilo Eishas Ish. So this is where we have this idea from that on the one hand, there's no Ishus, and on the other hand, there's a Isra say, Vidog Mishti, Vileba Eishas Chavere, which is violated when uh, one takes the Eishas Chavere, the guy. So this is Taka. Somewhat of an interesting chiddush. I don't think this is necessarily a particularly well-known nakuda that there's this iser. One could be over on this iser in this way. So if you look in the pischei tshuva, which is uh, the premise of what I want to do here, at least at this uh, stage, to sort of take a look at the pischei tshuva, see what the shalos tshuva is, what the raid in these halachas was. As of about 200 years ago, obviously much has happened since then, but uh, just to get a sense of where things were holding then. So you look in the Pischei Tshuva, so the Pischei Tshuva, as we saying, first look in the Bar Hetev. As we know, the Shari Tshuva, the Pischei Tshuva usually have a strong link to the Bar Hetev. You're supposed to look at the Bar Hetev and then continue from there. So the Bar Hetev introduces this uh, point, Mesh Labal. And then Pischei Tshuva says, Va'ayin Birka Yosef. And he, he quotes the Birka Yosef from the Chida, the Kitzer. If you look in the Berka Yosef itself, it's a bit more, a uh, bit longer, with a few more Mar uh, The, the Berka Yosef says, uh, the guy, if she's a, if the guy is an Ashes Ish, even though it's an Ashes Laakum, and the Sanhedrin, and the Mizrahi, and Parshas Seitze, and the Marit, and the Knesset Zagdoila. So we have all these Makaidas that are confirming that, yes, this Taisvis, this Gedank, this idea, there's this Isser, Isser, Ikka, Dara, Vishtan. Come to Berke Yosef and says, it's not necessarily so Pasha and so Muslim. There might be other views, other voices. So to Berke Yosef, Miu Mashmak Tzas, Medivri HaRambam, Perek Chas Demolachim, Demedei Raisa, Ein Ishus, For Goyim Klal. He's also Metzayim, To Chedushi Kedushin, L'Chad Mikamoy. And then he says, V'chein Kosov HaRivosh, V'tshuva Simen Vav, U'motibob, Mishem HaRambam. So I want to focus on this Tshuva of the Rivosh, Shalos the Tshuva Sarivash, the classic set of Tshuva Simen Vav, and this Tshuva deals, I could say once again, with the questions raised by the Anusim. Last year, I gave a shir, we're learning uh, near the day about uh, Chashudim, 
and uh, I introduced that there's a lot of raids in the, the era of the Rivash and uh, the Tashbates, uh, etc., who were dealing with a lot of questions that, in a, in a certain way, uh, predict the questions that we have today. Today, as we know, uh, most Yidin are not religious, and that creates many, many questions. Last year we were talking in the context of Choshud, trustworthiness, in terms of Kashros and other things, but of course it also creates many major questions with regards to marital status, Kiddushin, Gerushin, Mamzerim. So, in the time of, as we discussed then, in the time of the Rivash, in the year Kufnan Alf in 1391, there uh, was this outbreak of, uh, today the term is pogroms, I don't know, it's a little anachronistic maybe to use the term back then, but uh, anti-Jewish riots swept through different uh, parts of what is Spain today, and uh, many Jews were killed, many Jews were forced to convert, they were given a choice, either convert or be killed, and a large number of Jews did convert, and then this created this entire class, this entire group of Jews who were half-half. That's when the Anusim really began, a hundred years before the Gerash Svarad, when people think of the Inquisition and all of that, uh, the first the first thing that happened was a hundred years earlier with the uh, Gzeiras of Kufnun Aleph. And this created a lot of questions that we can say are rather familiar to us today. So here, in fact, in Shut Rivash Simon Vov, we have a Shaila that might sound very relatable and very familiar from this day and age. The question became... What is the story when Jews marry according to non-Jewish law? Today the question is, they get married uh, in secular law. Back then it was according to Christian law, which was also the uh, law of the land. And uh, that was a very fundamental question, perhaps uh, the first time they had to deal with this kind of question. So it's a very uh, major precedent setting Shiloh and Shuva. And as we shall see, some of the points raised here are still relevant, still part of the discussion up until today about uh, secular marriage. And as we shall see, in the course of the tshuva, it also touches on this nakuda that arises here in Simenta Zion, and uh, that's the relevance. So from that nakuda, however, we're going to expand and just go through the entire Simen Vav and see the... Uh, the uh, discussion as we uh, as we find it here in the Rivash. So, as we have the many Shuvas, we actually have the address that it was sent to at the beginning, to Bonia, to Rabin Yaman Amar, and the question concerns a, uh, a woman who came from Mallorca. Uh, Mallorca was uh, mentioned a lot in those Shuvas we discussed uh, last year as well. Uh, Mallorca is an island, uh, which was part of uh, the Spain or whichever uh, country within Spain it was at the time. And there were a lot of Anusim tied to Mallorca, the Rivash, etc., were also tied to Mallorca, uh, etc. So a woman came from Mallorca, from one of those Anusis, and she has her child. I haven't checked and confirmed this time around, but I would imagine, if I remember correctly, that the Rivash, and all of them ended up fleeing to North Africa, so I would imagine and assume that this Shaila is taking place in North Africa, and ultimately a lot of Anus and Anusis were not hurrying to leave uh, the places that they were trapped in, quote-unquote, which is a point that was raised in those contexts of whether they're Hashid or not, 
and then at some point some of them would uh, also come over to North Africa and maybe want to rejoin the community, which appears to be what happened here. So a woman arrived from Mallorca from those Anusas, and she has her child. They say, okay, uh, who are you? What's your story? And what's the story with your child? So she said that she was an Anusa, and an Anus from the land of Aragon, which is one of the kingdoms within the Spanish territory, and so an Anus from Aragon uh, proposed uh, she should marry him before the Gzeda. They were going to get married back before all the Tsars. They are going to get married as a proper Jewish couple. But it didn't work out. It didn't happen at the time. And then after the Gzeda, the Kemoy Shavua Echad, which if I'm reading correctly, might even mean literally right after the Gzeda, within a week, Another Onos, who was a friend of the first Onos, who wanted her, who really wanted her hand in marriage, showed up and uh, implored, really convinced her to marry the one who wanted to marry her, and she uh, finally gave in, she agreed, and they went ahead with his marriage, they moved in together. But what kind of marriage was it? There was no Kedushin with Edom, there was no Nisun with a minion. they went to the local church, or whatever the precise uh, Christian process was, they did it with Goyim, according to with Galach following the, the Christian ritual. And then they moved in as husband and wife, and everyone knew this, just like any other couple, they got married, they moved in. And they spent three months together, and she became pregnant. And this is the child of that pregnancy. And then the guy disappeared. He went uh, overseas and he never returned again. And that's her story. So she has this child from that. And now the question is, is she still in a marriage? What was the nature of, what was the halachic nature of that relationship that they were in? What's the story? So as we shall see, the Rivash is going to make a long, elaborate argument that in fact, whatever was that happened between them does not count for anything and we can completely disregard it and it has no halachic basis, it's not binding in a halachic way. There's no doubt that this Edison or this Nisuin, call it whatever you want, that was done according to the Nemusay Agayim Ubekani Bamoisam, that there was no chashash kedushin here whatsoever, even if there were Edim Kshedim that happened to be present when it took place. Because there was not, as the Gemara says in Kedushin, Nos and Huv, Omar Huv, there's a precise ritual of Kedushin that did not happen. And even if you say, maybe his Amira, him stating that we're doing Kedushin now, isn't always necessary when the context overwhelmingly suggests that that's why they're all gathered here, to get married, for Kedushin, Nisun, and that would be the equivalent of Medabr Imal Iske Kedusheha, and they're in the context of discussing, and then he gives her, uh, and he doesn't spell it out, and we know from Gemara that so you wouldn't actually have to say the Kedushan, so maybe we should count it as Kedushan. So, Zakti Rivash, there was no Nesina here either. What's the ritual? What's the, how do the Goyim do it? The Galach says a nice bracha, and he gives each one a ring. So there is, in the Gaish ritual happens to be, there is no Nesina of Kedushin, 
So you don't have to be chayshish that maybe that should count for something. There was no act that could be construed as kiddushin according to halacha. So that we can immediately take off the table. The question is, what about the fact that they live together? Right? Everyone knew that they moved in, this is Yichud, and she was clearly with him, she clearly became pregnant from him. So the relevant sugya would be in Gitin, where it talks about someone who divorces his wife, but then they spend the night together. Beisham may say she doesn't need a second get, Basil say she does need a second get. And he gets a little bit into the shock of Ataria, but the maskana is that according to Basil, if they were fully married and then they uh, got divorced. So Libay Gaspa, so even if they're only Eide Yichud, all we know is that they were together, that's the Machaikh Bishamis, Bishamis say there's only Eide Yichud, and Misil is in a Libay Gaspa, Hain Hain Eide Yichud, Hain Eide Bil, we assume they were together. Mashenkin, if she was in the Skarsham and Edison, so they never really actually moved in, they never lived together. So even Misil would say that they're not Khoshish Lakadushan unless you have Edim Shinivala. Rivash mentions a few additional conditions of how exactly the Eidus has to be structured so that it counts for this purpose. But we have this concept. We have this concept from Gittin that there are scenarios in which uh, being together, whether you need ADB or you don't need ADB, um, you would uh, say that essentially we should assume that this was a Bia that served as a Kiddushin and Rechashish uh, Kiddushin and therefore we have a problem, and that's the that's the case we're trying to compare to here. So Zakhtari Vash, based on this Gemara in Gitten, we actually find some Ga'inim and the footnotes in Machanya Shalayim, Matsayan to different Rishainim that quote the Ga'inim. That that means that even out of the context of a divorcee, right? The Gemara is only talking about as I'll emphasize that the Gemara is only talking about specifically coming out of a divorce and whether then the Bia might be understood implicitly to be L'Shem Kiddushim. But some Go'enim said that what this t- teaches us is that in any situation, call Isha Shatibol B'Fnei as long as they're Eidei Bia, she would need a get because there's this general Chazaka, She'ina Adamaisa Bilasa Bilas Nos. So based on that Chazaka, any, any uh, even what seems like a, perhaps a chance encounter between a man and a woman, if they're Eidei, if they're witnesses, then she would need a get. So based on that, certainly in this kind of situation in which they're clearly friendly with each other and it literally took her and moved in with her uh, that she should be his wife, it would seem that Lafida's gang, she needs a get because as long as you have Edim, that she was Nesiach. And in this case, you wouldn't need Edim because when you need Edim Dafka, when it's Nesgar Shemina Edison, She'en Libay Gaspa. But here, even though it's not a case of Nizgarsha, not from this and not from that, but based on the whole dynamic of their relationship, it's the equivalent of Libay Gaspa. They moved in together. So you don't need Eide Bia. The Eide Yichud would, would, would suffice. You would say, Hey, Eide Yichud, Hey, Eide Bia. And Abazoi, Shnevala, obviously we can understand, we can read between the lines, obviously they were together. So you would say, It's the Shem Kiddushin, the Ein Adam Eise Bilasa Bilas Nos. So we have a problem. We just explain why there might be a problem. Zok the Rivash, but the Rambam, in the science here, Rambam Hilchus Gedishin, the Rambam Docho Hiro Zubishteyadayim. The Rambam absolutely rejects this uh, statement by the Goyim to uh, expand and apply it to these cases. And he said, This is not how you paskin. This is all wrong. Chazal only said this Chazaka in a case of a divorce. Because in the case of a divorce, it makes sense that when they reunify, when they come back together, 
that the Yichud, the Bia, it's Lashem Kedushim, they want to come back together. Another case where you might say this is a person gives Kedushim not tonight, but then he just goes ahead and lives with his wife. So we'll also say, hey, Yishtoi, um, this whole rule is ishtoi. Once we've already established that there is a husband-wife relationship according to Taita, then we say, what if there's a be'ila that's in a gray area, um, or in this garsha? Then we say, you know, the maestro belongs to be'ila's nos, unless he goes on the record and states that it was a be'ila's nos, etc. But, we don't just go spontaneously and suggest on our own that it was Lashem Kiddushin. This is the Ramam Herak Yudin Hilch and he says that Rajba agrees as well in his Chedushim to Kedushim. And he brought a raya from the Gemara that says, Adam Anusas Mefutas And the Gemara doesn't uh, mention what I mean, Mefuta, uh, whether Adam, whether not Adam, it would make a difference according to this. With Adam, maybe uh, she, she needs a get from the fact that she was, uh, that there was a Mefata here. No one ever mentions anything in that context. Another raya. Is that when the Gemara talks about this uh, whole Zach of Bisham Bezil, it only mentions Megayashishtai. If it applied in a wider range of cases, you would expect to see an indication around the Gemara. So, so says also Reina Meir Halevi that I'm at, but Harbi Minha Achreinim Zal, obviously Achreinim relative to the Rivash, and the footnotes never assigned to uh, other contemporaries who discuss this. And the Chen Kasav Besefer, Evan Ha'ezer, Bisham Arosh. Back before Shulchan Aruch came and uh, used the same uh, format of Erechaim, etc. So the Chalakim Erechaim were the names of the Sefer. You said, I saw it in Sefer Erechaim. I saw it in Sefer Sefer Eben Ezer. So Chen Kosov, the Sefer Eben Ezer, and the Torah, as we would call it today, Torah Eben Ezer, B'Shem Harash. So you have all these Rishayinim weighing in against the stance of the Gainim. Now, we don't just apply this rule and say that any two people who uh, live together, forget, uh, no, no, it doesn't work that way. It has to be, it's only in very specific, narrow cases that were mentioned clearly in the Gemara. Furthermore, Zakti Rivash, this is the Seftim, getting Kedushim, and it says there, So it says clearly that a Bia could be Lashem Kedushim, and then it would be an issue, or it could not be the shame condition, then it's not an issue. How do you know whether it's the shame condition or not? What's the pashto? What's the the simple take? Uh, that there should be some clear indication of it's the shame condition. And that is the standard. That is the, the bar. It has to be the shame condition in order for it to be condition. Once you fall below the bar, then automatically not a kadashas. He says, this makes a lot of sense. Nira nochen, shiroi lismachalov. So, in this case, where he did not tell Adam when he was misyach with her, that this is liver l'shem kiddushin, so, based on everything we've seen until now, there is no basis for us to create our own chashash that maybe this bia served as an act of kiddushin. The problem here is, is that really this is in a gray area. Obviously, a couple that were lived together, and then they divorced, and then they reunite, Obviously, we understand that there's a strong indication there that the Bia might have been Lashem Kedushim. We understand, based on the majority of Yishayim, that Stama Pony and Apnoya, that uh, you know, meet by chance, uh, a short fling, a temporary thing, uh, we can understand why they're saying that we shouldn't, uh, we should assume that it is a Bila's Nos, there's no reason to think that it was Lashem Kedushim. Now, obviously, in this scenario, it's uh, somewhere in the middle, because they did move in together 
as husband and wife, and they were anusim, and they were they were aware of Yiddishkeit, etc. So, can one argue that that's not quite the Pnuya and Pnuya situation? You're going to come and say, no, that Amam is only going to say this with a Pnuya and a Pnuya derech mikra, because there there was no indication of Kiddushin, but here they got married, and they said that she's going to be his wife. So that's a form of Medaber Ima Aliske Kiddushin when they were in Nisiached, and then he wouldn't have to spell anything else out, and it would be as if he told the Eide Yichud, by the way, um, we're, we're, you know, we're going to close the door, and uh, there's going to be liver Lashem Kiddushin. Not only do I not accept that, I would argue the opposite. Even those Go'inim that seem to apply it to any meetup between any two people, but even in this case, but in this case, the Go'inim would say that it's Fedish not Lashem Kedushin. How do you get to that uh, conclusion? This is because the whole context was was Nisuin Bechukes HaGoyim of Edezara Ubebeis Bamoisa Mipia Koimer So, Dr. Ivash, that's that's anti-Kiddushin. That's the biggest declaration that you don't want to do anything with Shem Kiddushin. <laughs> Obviously, in the context today, uh, when someone uh, instead of grows up in a home where they uh, understand that marriage is done the Yiddish way, and uh, they want to rebel, and they want to go as far away as possible, you can imagine they're going to get married with a Galach. So, you know very clearly, this person has, the last thing on this person's mind is to get married, L'Shem Kedushin, Obviously, here, again, it's a bit more of a gray area what their motivations were, but the Rivash takes it at face value and says, you have these two, they're going mamish to the base of the Zara, the Koimer, so that's the biggest declaration that they have no intention of Kedushin, Kedas Meshav, Yehudis, they're definitely getting married bedarke agoyim, which are not potatoes kedushin begitten, and Rebazoy, she's not nesua. So, what framework and halacha would we place this in? Uh, we would say it must be uh, a pilegesh belay kesuba vikedushin. Obviously, pilegesh is his own discussion, but for the purpose of this, we're assuming there's a concept of a pilegesh belay kesuba vikedushin, and that's where we would fit it in in halachic terms. And that was the intention, and that is indicated by their actions in getting married uh, in a Christian ceremony. Footnotes here, Machan Yishalayim, they point out that this passage, this argument, is cited by the Beis Yosef there in Eben Ezer, the, the simon that he was referring to when he said, Hen Kasim Sefer Eben Ezer, is simon Kufnam Tess. And uh, so there, the Torah Simen Kufnam Tess, the Beis Yosef cites this Rivash, as we know, Beis Yosef cites the Rivash many, many times. I think I mentioned it last year. Um, subsequently, someone printed a Sefer with uh, documentation of how much the Beis of quotes the, the Rivash uh, trying to make the case the, the quotes come out every single tshuva and he paskins come out like every single tshuva the, the incredible influence the psika the psak of the Rivash has in the Beis so this gets quoted in the Beis as well and now we get to the part of the Rivash that's actually relevant directly to what we began with here in Avon Ezer Simon with the nature of non-Jewish marriage Zok the Rivash, you might argue and say, what do you mean? You're telling me that Goyesha marriage counts for nothing. It says in Sanhedrin that B'nai Noyach, B'ulaz Baal Yeshlahen, they have a concept of a woman who's married to a man, but they don't have uh, the concept of Chopah V'loi Nivava. It has to go as Lafi B'ulaz Baal Yeshlahen, they'll be living together. And then they have this Eishas Ish, that's part of the Sheva Mitzvahs, uh, Person who's mezana with an ish, and a guy who's mezana with a, a goya who's an ish, 
is killed. How do we determine that she's an Eishas Ish? So you're going to tell me that in this case, he said, I want to marry you, not according to Jewish, I want to marry you as to Goyim. So Ebazoi, then Torah should recognize that to some extent and say, oh, so he said, So there is uh, some kind of Eishas Ish here. I don't know if he clearly spells out, and if that were the case, then what should happen? Obviously, there's his own discussion of how uh, non-Jewish marriages are formed and dissolved according to Allah. But he throws this argument in. Wouldn't that count for something? No. The ben noyach ishus At to a great extent, we are essentially saying that there is no ishus, the way halacha, the way lambdas understands ishus. That ishus is not present between a guy and his wife. It's just for the purpose of how we determine who is deserving of the death penalty. How are we going to determine when a benayach, Shabbalah, will be killed? That is the only significance for their ishus. But a Yisrael, who is not a benayach, so he's not chayev, an ishus benayach, and we have this clear drasha in Sanhedrin, ishus re'ehu, prat le'ishus acherem, and he says, so there's, there's nothing there. And then there's, uh, you're going to tell me, uh, there's no iser. No, there's no iser bechlal. There's no iser of a, of a Gaish, a woman who's an Eishas Ish. The only gzeda is midrabanon, which was what the Shulchan Aruch and the Simitazan is referencing. The gzeda space, dune shulchash minoi, that say that she's mishum uh, nashga, or mishum nashgaz. So the Rosh Tevis nashga is neither Shifcha Goya Eishas Ish, so it actually has Eishas Ish in there. Nashgaz, which is the more common one, does not. It switches out Eishas Ish for Zayna, uh, neither Shifcha Goya Zayna. So if you go with Nashgaz, so literally Eishas Ish is literally not there on the list. So a person, even Midraban, who's going and being over, Nashgaz tells you that Eishas Ish is not one of his four problems. He has other problems. And uh, even Nashgaz, that says Eishas Ish, it's Gzeira Mishum Eishas Ish al Yisrael. So it's not really uh, issues. Zakti Vash, Ebazoi, Zeh, Avapishachato, Yisrael. But he means that in a legal sense. He's still Yisrael. So Ebazoi, everything we've said about the nature of marriage between non Jews has no relevance to him. It's only relevant to their fellow non Jews to know who's Chayav and Shavar Mitzvah. He's still Yisrael. He's not still Bidin Shavar Mitzvah. So there's no Kiddushin here, and she's not a Surah, even the Gzeda Space, even if you say Nashga, because there's no half Kiddushin over here. So, Emela, what do we learn from all of the, all of these ideas? What do we learn from these Makaitis about We learn that there's nothing going on halachically between these two people. Now, let's pause here in the Rivash and return to the Chidon, the Berkei Yasef. What did the Chidon, the Berkei Yasef say? Chidon, the Berkei Yasef said, you have this Taisvis, you have these Yishayinim that are saying, or Achreinim, that are saying that there's this Yisoyed of Dovak Be'ishtoy, that you're over on a certain Yisra Deir Aisa, so even though the Drasha is still the Drasha, but yet there's still an Yisra of Dovak Be'ishtoy, the Chidon said, from the Rambam was mashma that there is no issues at all. So, the Yivash doesn't really address it directly, but from the entire presentation, seemingly, there is no mention, no indication of any other factor here. I don't know if that existence of that issue would have really thrown off his whole argument anyway, 
but it just sounds like from the Rivash that there's absolutely no such concept. Now back to the Rivash, the Rivash concludes and says, by the way, this whole point that I'm making that uh, the, the Ishus doesn't count for anything, and let's say it counts for something, what happens when you have Ishus of a guy? When you have Ishus of a guy, you can dissolve it just as easily. All they have to do is part and move out, and once she moves out and she's no longer in a relationship with him, the marriage is over for purposes of a Benayach. So it wouldn't have any relevance really to get in any way into this whole discussion. But the Rivash still felt it was worthwhile to mention and address and make his statement about it. In the footnote, they mentioned that uh, like everything that has to do with Shemitz Benayach, there actually are a more, a more interesting range of opinions. They say that Ramam is talking the one who says that uh, with Benayach, they can essentially divorce each other. She moves out and the marriage is over. Uh, but quotes another Chidushim HaMilchosim Laharan in Sanhedrin quotes Rabbeinu David that says the Bnei Noach don't have Gerishin. There is no concept of Gerishin. There's no Heter Lo'elam. That's very surprising and unusual. Shita, uh, surely that's not uh, the one that cited Lahalacha, but uh, it's just interesting to note and to mention. While we're with the Rivash here, though, let's just conclude his argument. So he still, he wants to leave no stone unturned. He wants to make a very persuasive decisive argument that there's nothing to be cheshish for here. So he adds another point. He says that Ivan says, and this is a Ivan in Asagas to the Rambam, that even those Goenim that said that it's possible to create uh, Kedushin uh, randomly and that uh, you would be cheshish forget, even those Goenim were talking about Muchzok and Bekashris, people that there was nothing about them previously to suggest that they're the kind to just uh, do these acts uh, frivolously. Chazaka, uh, that they're not going to suddenly uh, make a hard U-turn in front of Adam and start to be Mizana, but people that have a track record that this is the way they behave, Chashudim, the Pritzos, Arayas, then even the Goyenim would say that there's no reason to think that all of a sudden they uh, got all serious and they're being Cheshit to Kedusha. And he says, essentially, the Ramah Moses says the same thing in Hilchus Nachlas, a person who has a child, and he says, this is my child, and the mother was Mishachredes, so seemingly, based on the usual rules of Allah, we shouldn't believe him, uh, certainly with regards to his estate. If he states, this is my child, and he's a legitimate child, so in terms of uh, inheriting his estate, uh, we should trust him. But Zakhtan that no, we don't believe in this context. Obviously, the other siblings might be trying to make the opposite argument. They have a vested interest in him not being deemed a legitimate child. Zakhtan we don't believe him, that he was Meshachar, and uh, we know historically uh, I think, I, I believe it may have been, uh, is the name uh, Shlema Asaf? Uh, I'm uh, working from memory here, but there's a classic article about slavery in, in Jewish practice, and uh, he reveals from Mary Charles Chuvis that slavery was practiced in especially the, uh, the Muslim countries where slavery was still very prevalent up until quite recently, or some would say uh, ongoing till today, but uh, as of perhaps 200, 300 years ago, it was still somewhat common for Jews to have uh, slaves and maids. And we just know historically, from everything we know about slavery, that masters tend to take advantage of their maids. That's just, as we know from American history, uh, it just happened so, so many times that uh, masters fathered illegitimate children with their maids. And then there was the question of what to do with them. And uh, that includes Jews as well. Um, in the in, in these earlier periods in these countries, and sometimes you had scenarios in which they would then perhaps free 
they're uh, made or whatever the halachas are. That's a whole discussion in its own right. So I think that's the subtext here for what the Namam is saying. The Namam says, we don't believe in that he was Meshachar her first, as opposed to saying that no, it was probably the opposite. He probably just took advantage of his maid, and now he's uh, concocting a story. Elam Cain, who Talmud Chacham, Adam Kasher, Shehuchzak, Bidikdukimitz, unless he's an extraordinarily lofty person that we wouldn't be, we wouldn't be chayshed, we wouldn't suspect him of, of doing that with his shifcha. But if he's stam a guy, if he's stamish arded yaitis, and ain't tzorach never mind those that are of a reputation, then we would not trust the father, even with regards to his own estate, and his brothers can literally sell him further into servitude. Not only would he not be equal to them and be a free man, according to Yiddishkeit, his brothers would literally instead treat him as part of the estate, part of the property, and have the right to sell him on further. Um, just another relevant historical detail, we know with the story of Bustanoi. Now, the story of Bustanoi, of course, has a lot of historical fiction tied to it, but it is based on historical sources about such a person, and we know about Bustanoi that he had a Jewish wife, but he also had uh, a wife that was given to him by the the king, the emperor, whatever the term is, I don't have the details in front of me, but uh, part of the story was that Bustanoi ingratiated himself with the local ruler, and the local ruler gave him one of his daughters as a wife, she had a Persian name, and he had children from both, and apparently uh, throughout his life, when he passed away, there was this ambiguity as to what her status was. Was she essentially a shifka, according to Yiddishkeit, or not? And once Bustanai passed away, there was a lot of acrimony, a big dispute between his more obviously legitimate Jewish children and these children. Uh, recently, there was a, there's a journal called Mechilta, in which there's this very, very long, impressive overview of the history of the Rashi Galusa in Bavel. And uh, this is the place where I've seen this information most recently. And you can see in the chart of Rashi Galusa, Rashi Galusa, that um, it seems that subsequent to his passing, uh, both descendants through his Jewish wife and descendants from the other wife both took turns at different points and took the reins, that took were at the helm of the position of the title of Eshkalusa. So uh, in terms of what happened in Lamaisa, the and it mentions how there were different Chacham at the time that had different things to say on the matter, but the reality on the ground was that here's a very prominent, prominent case, Mamish Negeet, the Reish Galusa, which was uh, almost considered like the seat of, of Davra Melech in Golos. And uh, you see this idea of uh, this ambiguity where he had something of a shifcha uh, by halachic standards and uh, the question of the children. And literally, again, the, the, the children, the Jewish children there, I think, maybe even spoke in these terms of they would just sell their half-siblings into slavery, as far as they're concerned. They would be happy to uh, get rid of them in that way, and that they didn't get their way. So, he's quoting this verse from the Ayur that says that even this Gohenim, they're talking about, just like just like the Rambam says, that uh, when it comes to Shifcha, you only trust a very, very uh, of a person that he actually uh, was Meshachar her for real. So similarly, the Ravid uh, says, Gohenim only uh, says Hashem Kedushin when it's someone that, uh, based on everything we know about them, they wouldn't suddenly be Mazana, Muslim Zag, we have no choice but to say that it oh, must have been Hashem Kedushin. So if it's 
we didn't send this case. Who's more partisan these? Certainly, in the context here, he's not mentioning anything about anusim and being forced to do this. He's, they didn't have to do this at all, in his view. And the fact that they went uh, to to the they went to a clearly it seems to literally to a church. Uh, this was of their own volition, this was spontaneous, this was their doing, and everything about them is screaming that these are people that have no seriousness in terms of Yiddishkeit, in terms of Allah, they're certainly not thinking of anything relating to Kedushin. And the Rivash adds an observation, he says, unfortunately, after the Gzeda, in this group of people, in this society, except for Mamish Yechidim, a lot of these Anusim are Anusim Ahin, Anusim Ahar, but they're taking advantage. They know that Goyim are more licentious, there's more freedom, there's Nus, and we see that the rates of Znus have shot up in this society. They threw all the Allahs out the window and they felt freed and released to behave this way. So that's a general observation about the spiritual level of these people. Like I said, this ties into that question of Chashem Bekashras. I think a different shuvas there we saw that uh, their estimation of these people uh, rose and fell. At one point, they were more likely to say that they're Taka Anusim, and at other points, they seem to be saying that uh, you know they know what they're doing and uh, they're okay with it. So he says, never mind, Kali this guy is the worst of the worst, because what did he do after he lived with his wife for three months? He abandoned her, he left. That tells you that uh, the soifoi, the what he ended up doing at the end, it tells you that he's this, this kind of low life certainly had no thoughts of kedushin to begin with going in. Just to hammer that home, he adds uh, when Tvoli when he comes and says, "I want to marry you. Let's go. Let's go to the chuppah." So we know from Hilchas Nida that there are supposed to be shiv and akiyim, yemei and she's becheskas nida. And surely she wasn't toivel in Idasa, regardless of what her actual uh, cycle was. But just, you know, automatically you have toivel before the marriage, simply for this reason. And we know she wasn't toivel. There was no mikveh there in uh, Mallorca. So the whole act was a biaznus with Nida involved here. And in the Isra Kadis, he did out to me if he is in this very act, he is being mad to himself to Kadis. You think the Pnuya thing bothers him? And he's being Cheshish for that, and he's being Machavan Lashem Kiddushin. In the footnote here, the Chon Yishalayim, they say that this is a point that is very relevant today, and they're Mitzayan to Ignis Meisha of Ramesha Feinstein, as well as, as, well as uh, something by uh, Rav Henkin. And now in conclusion, the Rivash says, and anyway, it doesn't seem like there were Eidi Yichot here either. So Yabazai, you can't be Chesh the Kedushin Belay Eidim. And even if there are some Yishayinim that say some Svaris, which I'm not going to get into at this point, let's just conclude the Tshuva. Even if there is Psadas Yachid, that's a Das Yachid, the Leka Laminkat Kol Chumre HaSvaris LaAganazu, he gives you Yisoyed in Paskening. That in this scenario, we're not looking to be Machmir Lafi, any Yudaya that might cause a problem. We're looking to do the opposite. We're looking to be Matahir, and certainly the majority of the mainstream shittas and all of the relevant points would suggest that she's not Mekudasha, she's not Muganas. So we've seen how the Rivash 
answer the question, true to the question, is very decisive in establishing that uh, this Christian marriage means nothing according to Allah. He also addressed the specific Nakuda that we came across here in Simon Tazayim about the nature of Ishos between Goyim, and from his presentation, the way the Chida uh, references in Bricka Yasef, it seems that there is another opinion that says that Ishos is not an Ishos, and that's that's it. There's no other mention of any other Isr of the Ishtai. Um, so I was not, uh, my intention here was not to go and thoroughly research everything that's been said on this topic, or even to give a maskana. Obviously, there's not much of a maskana really necessarily one way or the other. Anyway, on this particular nakoda, whether there's an Isra Dagva Ishtar or not, obviously we understand that uh, there's Nashgaz, uh, etc. So whether or not there's an additional uh, din of Ashes Ish, once she's an Ashes Ish, uh, or not, uh, whether you're over, you know, that's not the biggest, uh, most urgent question here, um, but it's still interesting. Um, but I wanted to just uh, conclude, uh, to take a little bit of what the Rivash was speaking about generally and uh, talk about where the conversation, where the discussion in Halacha has gone recently in terms of this question of what we have today, which is civil marriage, Nisuin Izrachim, which has been a major question for the last, uh, whatever it is, 150 or so years or more, ever since uh, uh, states in Europe became more secularized and they opened up uh, marriage to beyond, you know, it used to be you had to either go through the, the Jewish channels or the Christian channels, and then they just opened up civil marriage and that created a lot of questions. I believe two years ago I spoke about uh, the, the first year of Kail, I spoke about a uh, very interesting Kuntus of Chivas uh, history on this topic, and in Hungary, and I believe it was the Tafrish Lamids, that would be the 1870s, there, uh, that's when civil marriage arrived in Hungary, and it was very clear to the Paiskan that this was going to create a whole host of major Shilas, and uh, the Levushe Mordechai, this is a, an appendix to a new edition of Levushe Mordechai, uh, was dealing with these questions, writing Kuntresim and communicating with other Rabbanim. The context in which I came to then was in the context of uh, when a Jewish woman lives with a non Jewish man and the father is not Jewish, is there any sad to say that the child isn't necessarily automatically Jewish? That the mother being Jewish doesn't automatically mean that the child is Jewish. That was the context. And there is uh, more diversity of opinion on the topic than is commonly known. But, of course, the main topic then at the time uh, as well was probably the very nature of civil marriage. So, just to touch a little bit on this discussion. So, if you look at Chalkas Yaakov by, by, by Mordechai Yaakov Bresh. Um, so, I believe there are two editions of his Sefer. So, in the first edition is in the Chayel Beis, and the, the newer edition is in the Chayel Gimel, Evan Ezer, and the, in the Ayans. So, there are a number of chivas there going on about the Sunnis Rachim. I'm just going to quote a little bit of it. So look in Simonai and Gimel. So it's actually not him speaking there. He's actually quoting a Chavar, a colleague of his, Rabbi Yisrael Veltz, the Rav of Budapest, now in Yerushalayim, who had responded to something the Chalakos Yaakov had written about this topic in his Chalak Aleph. And this is what he quotes from Rabbi Yisrael Veltz. It gives you a bit of an overview of the discussion as of uh, the 50s, the 60s. So he says, with regards to Sun Ezrochim, so you are correct. Presumably that we should not count it for anything. It says there's a kuntrus chatayre yase, which may be actually related to the thing I was discussing, or maybe not. But there was a kuntrus chatayre yase from the 1890s, printed by Rav Shon Kutner of Eisenstadt, and he in fact clarified based on the chivas of the rivash 
as well as the Darkinoyam and others, that there's no Chashash Kedushin in Zivugei Arkois, because there's nothing stopping them from also doing a proper Jewish marriage, and they have gone out of their way, they've absolutely violated Niyatsu Mishpatei so why would we suggest that, you know, the Moise Bilasi Bilas Nos, the same word that the Rivash said. All their actions are suggesting the very opposite, that they are rejecting Taira. So why would we inject into their mind that no, really they secretly are trying to be Mechav and Lashem Kiddushim? And of course, you have the Rambam that says that in Adam Isa, Bilas, only refers to Adam Akshayim. Essentially, all these ideas that were uh, already uh, stated very nicely and clearly by the Rivash. But they were rehashing these questions again and reaching the same conclusions. He was Mayrach there, and many Chachmeyadar were masked to the conscious. And uh, it goes through different documentation, for, obviously, for these Rabbanim of, that, uh, of this age. These, uh, those Rabbanim from the 1890s were still Rabbanim that they could have met, were still fresh in their minds, so it was meaningful to them to quote uh, at some length. Other conscious Chikr Dover from uh, 1908, another Big Rav in Ungarin. Also, was Meirich to explain that uh, part of Kiddushin requires the woman's participation, the woman's interest. Right? We're talking about We're putting it all on the man. Is the man Kiddushin? It's not just the man. The woman also has to be Mechavim Kiddushin. And he says, when a woman goes to Archaeus, so we can assume that she actually would prefer not to get married Kedas Moshe Yisrael. Because all the schuyas, all the rights she gets from marriage through Torah, she also gets Sherksus Va'ina, she can get through the secular court. And in addition, everyone knows today that the big challenge, quote-unquote, in Torah and Halacha is that with Jewish marriage, the woman can't dissolve the marriage unilaterally. She can't leave the marriage on her own. The husband has the cards. So this was very well known at the time. There were plenty of Aguna problems going back a very, very long time. So every such woman knows that she has a choice. She can either just go to secular court and then she'll have more power and more leverage in potential divorce proceedings and she can get out of the marriage easily. And if she goes out of her way to get Kedusha Taira, it's just going to create more headaches for her, quote-unquote, Chashash Igun. So Ebazoi, we should assume, we should use that lot, inject that logic into our discussion and say that she surely does not want to be niskadish in Kedusha Taira. So Ebazoi, then you can't be choshish for Kedusha. Another point that will sound familiar is uh, Itaka quotes from the Kuntres of the Lushim Mardchai, the Yashav Mitzarev. And the Lushim Mardchai adds, ah, you're going to say, what about the uh, the acts that they do in their kayas, maybe there's a chash kedushin, kedusha kesef, kedusha shtar. So, uh, one of the rabbanim there answered that no, and the, we check the secular law, and there's no equivalent act of tabas or shtar. He also quotes some chaimaiser Grzynski in Vilna. He was also an etalahakal. He was asked about someone who lived uh, with civil marriage, and then they separated in court. And so the rabbanim were paskating that she doesn't need to get meikar adin. And the chaimaiser even went further and said she's mutadis lakayim. Because the Allah is Panuya She doesn't become a Zaina from this kind of interaction. So this whole marriage they live together, uh, with everything that we're saying about it, but it's also Panuya Bala Pnuya certainly in the, here we do factor in the fact that they thought they were married, they considered themselves married, so we wouldn't call her a Zaina. So from all of this we see that the mainstream view among Paiskim already from the late 1800s was that there's no chashash in Yisrael Arkaiz. 
Rabbi Feltz adds that also the Goyen Adri back of David Ridvaz, back during that short stint when he was in the United States in Chicago in 1904, was asked about Nisum Bar Kois and is there a Reach Kedushin you need to get? Uh, which should Rabbanim say they're being mafti of the Kedushin? What's going on? And the Ridvaz said, he says, that Pashut, that is no Reach Kedushin. And again, he makes a point which uh, should be familiar from the Rivash. He says that, uh, you're going to tell me with a, a person who's mezana with a pnuya, you're going to tell me also that there are mezana with a Unfortunately, that happens all the time as well. And no one goes around saying that, oh, any uh, two people that uh, did something together were for kedushin. That's obviously uh, how Allah has practiced today. And uh, the same applies here as well. And the whole concept only applies that you would say that pss, he's, he wants to do a tafka pitera is dafka when he's miyachid a woman to him as isha gemura mashenkin here. The fact that they chlau uh, uh, moved in together perhaps even before they got married and they went to their kois. So again, that all is screaming the opposite. It's telling you that you don't want to do it the correct way. You don't do, want to do it the right way. So, there's no chashash kedushin. So here is just a number of Rabbanim discussing this 100 years ago or so, a bit more. And this seemed to be mostly the consensus of many of these Rabbanim. This uh, Vartan Ridvaz was apparently printed in some kind of kaivets in New York in 1904. So this was the state of the discussion, and this is what Rabbi Veltz was summarizing on behalf of the Chalkas Yaakov, after the Chalkas Yaakov had seemingly, surely, come to a similar conclusion. Just one more Prat, one more point, and Sivanayan Dalids, the Chalkas Yaakov quotes that there's a, perhaps a dissenting voice, and who is that? The Ragat Shavar, the Ragat Shavar and Tzafnas Paneach, Shut Tzafnas Paneach, that was uh, printed in New York in uh, 1954. He says, The Ragat Shavar is Mechadish, and in Usui Akois, when you're Meyachad Leishus, so even though there's no Gadesh Ish, but there is a Geder Kinyan, Mishum Lav de Leisiya Isha, or Asay de Vedavak be Ishtai. Chalkas Yaakov quotes it very bekitzer, but I found another contemporary sefer that also discusses these in Yonim. And I do want to quote a little bit from the Ragachavar just to get a flavor of how the Ragachavar says it. Ragachavar says, Begeder Nisir Akois, Vayichadol Isha's Kach. Hinezevadai, Enelah Geder Eshes Ish. Vageder Kach, the Yeshne Kinyana be Isha. Tve Kinyana. Aleph mashihisha loy, the habez masha sura ala chedem begeder eshes ish, the inkedushin toifsen. So Zakta Rakachar Vasalemakach, the kolhechi de yichid le ishes, when they come together to live as a couple, loy begeder pilegesh, and it's stated, it's clear that the intent is not for a pilegesh category. Oz yesh lav de loy siya le isha, the chen ase de vedovak ayin toifsus kedushin. So you see that the Ragachavar is taking this Vartaka from Yerim Shulchan Aruch and he's re-injecting it back into the, into the discussion and he's creating problems. And the Ragachavar concludes, L'chein bekitzer kach, the kivin the yesh le gidre ishos. So since there is something going on here, there is a psa gedre ishos according to Taira, ef shalahat yukreifim, you can't just uh, untie it and uh, let them go. And by the way, in the next Shuvah, the Ragachavar uh, reiterates and clarifies, the gedre ishos yeshbem l'kinyin, so he's not saying that there's a question of Amzeros exactly, 
but he's saying that a get is required. So this is, so you could say perhaps classic Rakhachev are coming with this completely original shita, and you could see where he's coming from. We're familiar with the uh, Yusaitis a bit over here from this whole discussion. But the, this is the conclusion that the Rakhachev landed on uh, from looking at the Suge. And uh, the safer, this other safer I'm looking at right now uh, mentions that there are a few other Akhrenim that perhaps were thinking along similar lines. But back to the Chalkas Yaakov, after the Chalkas Yaakov quotes this Pekitzer, he says the following, so he starts off with this incredible praise. Everyone knows Ragachover was in a totally different league the way he had the Torah laid out in his brain. But sometimes it's actually to the extent that it's almost impossible to even follow and, and, and follow the logic of what he's saying. And he says, We have to, we're beholden to the standard Darach HaPsak. Sometimes we can't really enjoy what the Ragachover has to say. I'm not going to quote his whole response to the Rukhachev, but the first point he makes is, look in the Rivash, look at the passage that talks about the nature of Eishas Ish for a guy. He quotes the same paragraph back, and then he says, I'm quoting the Rivash, this is the Makkah, the Shulchanarach and Paiskim were so influenced by the Rivash, that this is where the Halacha, as we know it, comes from, and the Shulchanarach and Paiskim, that's who we are truly beholden to more than the Rukhachev, as we know, the Rakat Shavar is not quoting the Rivash, he's not quoting the Shulchan Aruch, he's not quoting any of these things. As we know today, the Rakat Shavar actually was somewhat more familiar and, uh, with his Svarim, and we know that he wrote Hagoyas and Svarim, it's not as much as they made it out to be, but uh, you know, reality on the ground, in the Chivas, he's mostly not quoting, I, mean, I haven't done a study of it, and I imagine in some places the Rakat Shavar does quote, but I guess certainly in this case, uh, without checking the Rakat Shavar innovating, I'm trusting the Yaakov that the Rakat Shavar essentially didn't even get into the discussion as it was, uh, uh, as it continued in Shulchan Aruch and Paiskim. And he says, and see, talk of the base Shmuel and Evan as a simtazayin sifkaton base le'inyan eishes ishba'akum v'peschei tshuva shamachleikas apayiskem really by way of the chida im yesh iser menateira. So that's how the Halakas Yaakov responds to that point by invoking that rivash and pointing to this discussion here in Shulchan Aruch simtazayin. So here we see this nekuda and simtazayin actually being brought back into the halachic discussion uh, in a contemporary context. Like I said, he goes on. Uh, at, at some uh, further length. We're not going to get into it. We want to conclude more or less right now. But if you want to take a look, it's in Chakos Yaakov in the new edition, Chayla Gimel, Evan Ezer, Simen, Ayin, Dalad. And uh, he makes a number of arguments as to, you know, where this part of the Rukhachev doesn't fit into any uh, existing discussion of these in Yonim. And then he concludes and says, We have to follow the precedent and the accepted Paiskim. Uh, it's uh, too deep for us and we can't follow uh, what he's saying. There was a shayla with chickens, and that sounds like its own intriguing topic, maybe for a different discussion. So he told me, 
You know, no one's taking away what the Rakhachev has, that uh, his command of Torah is unbelievable. says, I add, I conclude, you know, maybe. Maybe we should rue, maybe we should regret the fact that we weren't worthy to fully appreciate what he had to say in halacha. And with this, we conclude.